somebody in here this morning whose back is against the wall. Maybe you're backed up because of your own choices. Maybe you're backed up because of systemic injustice. Maybe you're just backed up and you don't know how you got there. But you need to know that God is a way maker. He'll bring you out. And after you have endured everything, he is able to make you stand. And you will stand forever. Hear God's word. His love poured out through the scriptures given for us. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. And it's they that bear witness about me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning. I'm Howard Brown, the pastor here at Christ Central Church, not only the pastor of Christ Central Church, but one of the founding pastors of Christ Central Church. And I'm standing here because of God's grace, because God made a way. In the life of Christ Central Church over the last 14 years, as I look back every three or four years, there is a reason or many reasons why this church shouldn't have continued. Financial reasons, folk leaving reasons, all kind of issues, personal issue reasons. There were a number of reasons and things against this church being what it has become, right? But God made a way. And now you are part of what God originally gave us as a vision for a church that not, would not only impact your lives with God's grace and the gospel, but that you would take what you have here to the world and to the city and make a difference to spread the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, you know, y'all, um, I saw Black Panther last night, so y'all, someone was like, are you going to work it into the sermon? No, I'm not. But I am going to work it into understanding what it means to be here 14 years. I'm not going to give it away. Don't worry. Some of y'all are like, come on, pastor, we, we like movies like you. Don't, don't give, it a, give it away. You know, when I think about Christ Central, sometimes when I tell people in Charlotte, hey, we're Christ Central, we're down in the old skating rink. Oh, you mean behind House of Pizza? Yeah, that's us. We never heard of y'all kind of thing, right? Sort of like the, the, the secret hidden city of Wakanda in Black Panther, right? Where there's something amazing going on in there, right? And what's amazing is we have not vibranium, the world's strongest metal, right? 
which if you look at the movie, it powers everything. It's the source of their technology. It's the source of their unity. It brings the tribes that are unified in Wakanda. It brings them together. This is Christ central. We have the most valuable person, right, in the Lord Jesus Christ. And his Holy Spirit is alive and at work. And his grace is hopefully in every single thing we do. And it empowers, it empowers this congregation. It gives the ability for the many tribes and nations and languages and all kind of people groups, uh, rich and poor and all in between, to come together to bring a unity that is supernatural. I know y'all are in it, and it's kind of hard to see it as being an amazing work of God until you're on the outside of Wakanda, or I'm sorry, Christ Central. <laughs> I tell people about our church or people who were a part of this church, and they go out from this church or, or go to another city. They're like, you know, I've never been to a place like this. This is unusual you guys, it is a special work of God. And I want y'all to celebrate God today in that. I want, it's okay to brag about it today because you're not bragging about yourself. You're bragging about the work of God through you as a congregation. And I think it's time, more than ever in the history of Christ Central Church, that we not just be about sustaining and being and glorifying and growing in who we are. But we begin to take who we are and spread it to the rest of the world, Amen. to the rest of the city. And we did that last year in, in planting West Charlotte Church on the west side. And we hope to do a lot more of that. But each one of you represent what Christ Central Church is, I mean, what God is doing in Christ Central Church. And I urge you to take who you are to the people groups you are in your spheres of influence and bring what you hear here at Christ Central to bear on the world. Okay? Praise God for 14 years, y'all. Praise God for 14 years. So we continue our sermon series uh, through, interesting enough, interestingly enough, the mission of Christ Central Church, which is freeing people to enjoy God, hear his truth, grow in diverse community, and engage the world with renewed dignity that comes from Christ. Last week and this week and then next week, we will flesh out what it means to free people and be freed to hear God's truth, to hear God's truth. At Christ Central, we believe that God's truth for humanity's good and God's glory is in the Holy Scriptures, in the Bible. So to hear God's truth, to be here, to, to be free to hear God's truth, you need the Scripture. You need the Bible. And I know. Because I feel it too, especially and ironically, that much so in the Bible Belt in the South. When you bring up the Bible in conversation, most people groan. Oh, Lord, here come the Bible. You want to make an argument worse between your husband and wife? Say, you know what the Bible says that you should do? You should do. And even the best Christian will say, don't bring up the Bible in here. 
right? Because the Bible is so controversial, right? It's so difficult to understand and sometimes so old feeling and so ominous. And apparently you have to do between three and four years of postgraduate work at a seminary and study Greek and Hebrew to truly master it, right? We have terms like Bible. Yeah, nope. That's good. It was kind of a rhetorical. Okay, anyway, you know. Rhetorical, Mike. We have terms like Bible beating and Bible thumping. The Bible has been misused. It's a tool of spiritual and social abuses. But I want to invite you, all of us, me included, to take another look. Because the scripture still is God's means a means given by God of freedom for your life and for your relationship with God and each other. For that end, there are three things I want us to see about Scripture today. First, the Bible is God's truth. The Bible is God's truth. Secondly, the Bible is how we know God's truth. And finally, the Bible is how we live God's truth. Look with me at verse 16 in our Timothy passage. I'm going to try to find it too. It says here, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. Now the word for scripture is graphe, right? Um, graphic. It means the script. It means the writing. It means the words put on a page. The scripture put together in one book called the Bible are God's words to and for us. When it says God breathed, it means that the God actually used human beings throughout history. He, he used human beings sort of like Prince used the guitar. Right, or LeBron uses a ball, or, or Joanne Gaines on Fixer Upper uses wood, or Bobby Flay uses a stake, or Bernie Madoff a stock, or Kendrick Lamar a microphone. God actually use, expresses his truth through people like an instrument, through their words, through their style, through their pens and paper to communicate and have his truth recorded for us. Just like many of those musicians or designers or athletes I, I, I just listed, we don't talk about the food, right? Or the ball. What kind of ball did he use to dunk last night? I didn't hear that. Or the instrument. That is secondary to the fact that that is them doing their thing. God used people like a musical instrument or tool. God breathed into people. These scriptures in the Bible are his words coming out in ways that we can hear and receive it and get it as human beings. God's unseen spiritual truths through words and syntax and language and paragraphs became written communication in the scripture. Because it was God himself who breathed his words out and then used people to put them into writing, we describe the Bible as being, you may have heard this word, inspired. 
the inspired word of God, like the opposite word, our word aspirator. You know that little bulb thing all kids hate to get the stubborn boogers out their noses? Doesn't matter how small a baby is, when he sees that blue thing coming, they're like, they start moving their head around. But the aspirator pulls out breath. It pulls out, it, it pulls out inspiration is God putting his divine thought into people and in these words. These words become and form God's message for us. Look again at verse 16 and 17 in our Timothy passage. It says, all scriptures breathe out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. It says that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And then at our, in our John passage here, which I don't have before me, it says, you search the scriptures because you think it's the last scripture you're reading here. Um, says 39, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life and it is they that bear witness about me. You see, the scripture, the Bible, right? right? God's uh, word is God's voice and message. It is God's teaching for the world. It's his thought. It's his textbook, a compilation, a, an anthology. God's big ideas, plan, and picture to be applied in general to our lives through God's very words. And when I say big idea, big ideas, we mean doctrine. <laughs> the word for teaching in verse 16 in our Timothy passage is the word doctrine. Don't be afraid of that word. Right? Um, I remember uh, there was a Christian song that came out a while ago, and they said, I don't want to shoot you with my high-powered doctrine gun. Right? We're afraid of that word. Because what people do is they take the word of God and the, and the thoughts and, and sentences and, and things that God has said, and they form a theory behind it. They form a truth that guides the way they live, which can be a good thing, Timothy passage, the Timothy passage is saying. It can be used meanly, yes, and roughly and unlovingly, but doctrine means that these words are not just words that can be lifted for what you and I want to do with them. But these words form unified truths for particular purposes that God has designed for them and for you. For the big purpose, right? of glorifying him and enjoying him in every way and everything. So the message of God, the big idea, is the compilation of these words and books and the purpose God has it for it and all the histories you see in the Bible and all the things that happen put together, working together to give us a big picture of what is going on and what is it God really wants us to do in general. It may be hard for you young bucks you younger generations, to understand a concept of an album. An album, y'all. I know records coming back in. Some of you hipsters got albums. Vinyl shops popping up all over the place. I went home to my house in Charleston last week. My dad got a lot of albums. 
Don't even think about it. I know what we got. Pastor Brian, can I go to your house, your dad? No, he know, and I know too. We're going to get them albums. We're going to get a turntable, Kelly. You hear that? We're going to hear that. We're going to hear that thing. And we're going to get a diamond needle. Ooh, y'all don't know about that. Back in the day, if you had a diamond needle, ooh, mm, that was high end right there. Little tweed covered speakers thumping. Man. The wood case on the amp. Y'all don't know nothing about that, man. The knob was like this big, too. You had to do it by hand. There ain't no remote control. But getting back to the point, just have a little nostalgia there. And don't bump that table. Woo, if you scratch your album. <laughs> what? A record, worse yet, a tape, because you can't lift it up and go to the next track. You had to listen to the whole thing or rewind. He couldn't rewind. The eight track used to go right to the track, but there's only eight tracks, right? Y'all don't understand an album because we are so used to just listening to individual tracks and making a playlist. Come on, man, like making your own album of all the songs you want to hear, work out to, make yourself feel good, think you're strong. You know, you just want to make your own playlist. Well, back in the day, you listened to the whole album. Not just one track. It was not convenient. And it wasn't designed to just listen to one thing. And here's what the playlist, you guys and we do too now, put together. The album was a complete message, a full artist statement from the artist. It said something systematic. And though they would release single tracks one time on a radio, like, what was it, uh, in the Thriller album, it was the Billie Jean was released first, maybe? And you're like, man, all right. It was Thriller wasn't released first, right? And you're like, okay, this little different. All right, this is the new Michael, you know, with the electric guitar. And I mean, you know, anyway, from off the wall, it's a little different. But you would, here's the point, you would hear that single released on the radio and the goal was once you heard the one track that it would draw you to purchase the whole album for the message that one track seemed to be telling you the whole album was about. And when you hear that whole album, you like have this, aha, I get it. I get this artist. I get what they are trying to say. I get what they are about. I get what they're trying to do. Let me listen again to the individual tracks with the whole album in mind now. I want you to understand that the message of Scripture, the message, the big picture, is dependent on the individual words and stories. And the individual words and stories can't say anything that the whole contextual message is not intending for it to say. Without the words, we can't get God's message and truth. And without the message, we will not respect or see the need for the word. And then we will lose God's voice and God's truth. People are going around, lifting this up, lifting this out, not watching and looking at Scripture in the context of the whole thing. And they're not looking at the whole thing. And it just makes a mess. And it would be impossible for us to know God's truth. Point two. 
know God's truth, the truth about God and truth about ourselves. If this is the word of God, the scriptures, then it is the way we get to know and know about the God who is speaking through it. In the John passage, passage, Jesus, God, come in the flesh, the second person of the Trinity, speaking about the Old Testament, says this. You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. And it is they that bear witness about me. Who? Me, Jesus, right? Huh? You? Yeah, me, right? They were confused. The, the Bible is revealing you. Yes, it's talking about me. It's not about what you should do, only it's about me. This is, the, this is just, and guess what? This is just one of a number of scriptures that show us that the Holy Scripture is God's self-revelation. That this is who he is. If you want to know who created you and everyone and the whole world, if you want to begin and grow to know who God is, the Bible's goal is that you would know all you should know and all he has chosen to reveal about himself right here. Here. Well, some of y'all got the, on the iPhone, the smartphones. I'm old school. I got the leather bound. This is a lifetime one, too. If something go wrong in the middle, they'll rebind this thing. Just, just wanted y'all to know. Just... <laughs> y'all ain't too impressed. That's all right. You'll still have to get that iPhone updated one day. Something gonna go wrong, and I'll still have my leather-bound thing. Many of you know the story, but since it's Valentine's Day week, I'll let you know that when I first heard about Kelly through her cousin, I asked for Kelly's number. You know, I asked for the number. And her cousin came back and said, Kelly said no. <laughs> Y'all, it, it, was a, it was a lot to get a number because you had to wait for that thing. Okay. Brrr. If you had the real cheat phone, it looked like it was push button, but it still did rotary. Brrr. Brrr. <laughs> like the phone was passing gas. It's just... Her cousin said no. You can write her. What? Who is this woman demanding that I write her? And I did. <laughs> y'all know, some of y'all may have told it from the pulpit before. I went and got the stationery. Stationery is, is paper, real small, right? <laughs> paper. Hallmark sold paper. It had little golded edges on it, you know. Had to go with the gold. And I used something called a pen, and I used my hand, and I wrote out stuff. It was no spell check. It was just straight. If you made a mistake, you might have to use some, something called white out. Y'all know what that is? You don't want to use that pen that erased. Oh, that was nasty. You want to use a good pen. Some of y'all, we would write the thing out first on another piece of paper, and then cross. Yep, y'all know. Go ahead, my old school folk. But I, I wrote Kelly. And this is, well, like the Bible, right? This was before texting and email and Facebook. So I went again and got stationary pen, and I did a self-revelation. Not everything, but enough that she could get to know about me and want to get to know me. And I wanted her to know that I really existed and to know a little bit about where I've been and what my plans were. You know, she even looked at my words to see whether I could spell whether I put my periods in the right spot. 
She said she got a lot of letters from dudes, you know. They couldn't spell, man. She said she used to come with a red pen and be like, nope. Nope. Double negative, nope. Mm-mm, nope. Mm-mm. Run-on sentence, right? Dangling infinitive. Anyway, and she returned the favor. She wrote back, got to know her. Sometimes I think we should just communicate that way because sometimes the talking, the ad-libbing, it get in the way, right? Like, tell me what you're thinking. Well, no, you didn't. You know how you and you're married. You know I didn't say that. No, yeah, you did, and this is what you meant. Oh, my gosh. Thank you, God, for writing yourself revelation down because it's purposeful and planned and thoughtful. God is thoughtfully and purposefully and carefully in the Bible telling you who he is. You can choose to like him or not and know he is not telling you everything about himself. You can't know it all and you can't understand it all. If God let you know who he was fully, if, if, if you were to actually be able to get that in your mind, your mind would melt. No, you, you wouldn't live. You, you, you can't handle that. His thought is more than linear, right? It, it's, it, it, he's, etern he's the eternal being. But guess what? The eternal being has been good enough to write enough for us to have all we need to know about him, to glorify and enjoy him. Y'all, let God reveal himself to you. Don't get in the way with conjecture and imagination and guess and wondering beyond what is in these pages and all. Well, you know, people are like, why would God write it down? Look, God is so God, he was able to write it down for y'all. Think about it that way. Some of y'all just guessing who he is. And you're slandering God. Right? You lying on God. I know who he is. How you know? I just know because my God would do this and he wouldn't be this way and he wouldn't do that. And I know my God wouldn't let this happen. Oh, wait, that happened and he's God? There ain't no God. You see how we go with it? We let you tell us who you are. I don't go around saying, you know, you know them. Um, let me tell you what I know. Y'all are a how can I y'all gossiping about God? And it's not based on any self-revelation from him. Hush and get to know him, right? Some of y'all need to hush. Some of you, well, you know what I think God is and who we think he is? And maybe you should say, I ain't sure. I ain't read it. You know, so I'm just guessing, y'all. I could be wrong, but I think God, blah, 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 blah. Maybe we should go look at what he says about himself. And guess what? If he doesn't say it, then you don't know, Right? There's so much there, you don't need to worry about the other stuff. You can't even get the stuff he told you. Oh, he's wondering about that. Pastor Brown, are there aliens? I don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us. Are there other galaxies? Is there like a parallel universe? Maybe. But guess what? You got enough to worry about in here. <laughs> right? You got enough. 
I love imagining too. That's why I watch all these movies. I like to go there. Oh, yeah, there's another universe somewhere. Like there's a parallel me, like a bizarro me, something like just crazy stuff. All right, that's fine. Where does God live? What does he look like? Does he look like this? How does the Trinity get along? Like what are they doing right now? Is he sitting? Is he standing? Is he doing a dance? We don't know. You know enough. You got enough to know. Don't worry about the rest. Enjoy kind of talking about it, right? But don't go with it, okay? Don't, don't live your life by it, y'all. Please don't. And if you got somebody teaching you about God and they don't be open in this, they, they don't know God. Not only does God, the Scripture give us God's truth about himself, but it is God's truth about ourselves. Ourselves. Ooh, that's something right there, right? There's a psalm in the Bible that says this, and I'm giving you the paraphrase because I don't feel like exegeting another scripture. Okay? The message, you can go on your little Bible gateway app or whatever, and the message is in there. It's a good paraphrase. The dude that does that, Peterson, he, he's awesome. Okay? So he's re-paraphrased the Bible, and he'll tell you himself, yeah, this is a paraphrase, this helps you, but you still need like the regular uh, Bible versions, but the paraphrase is good anyway. Right? He says this. I look up at the macro skies, dark and enormous. Your handmade sky jewelry, moon and stars mounted in their settings. God, th th then I look at my micro self and wonder, why do you bother with us? Why take a second look our way? Yet we've so narrowly missed being gods, bright with Eden's dawn light. You put us in charge of your handcrafted world. You repeated to us your Genesis charge. You made us human beings lords of sheep and cattle and even animals out in the wild, birds flying, fish swimming, and whales singing in the ocean deep. Then another verse from the Bible, another paraphrase says this. On the other side of it, the human heart is hopelessly dark and deceitful. A puzzle that no one can figure out. But it says this, but I, God, search the heart. I examine the mind. I get to the heart of the human. I get to the root of things. I treat them as they really are, not as they pretend to be. Pretend, meaning imagining who you think you are. And then look at the verse found in our reading today from the book of Hebrews right before you. It says, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the vision of soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature, it says, is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. The Bible, the Word of God, not only reveals who God is and what He is like, it also reveals what we are as human beings and why we are and how we are and who we are really. It tells us that we are created beings. It tells us that we are not just animals. It tells us stuff like we were made for relationship. And it tells us that we are broken and sinful and how and why our relationships are so jacked up. But the Hebrews reading goes a little deeper because the Word of God is more than a mirror of who you are. Hebrews is teaching that the Word of God is a tool in God's hands and a tool God has given to us that is used by God so that we can see the real us. He already sees it. He's the Word, so we can see it, right? 
to, to tease out and lift the veil and mask to show us to realize, to, to so, show us, and sometimes, here's the hard part, others around us, that the word is not just harmless. I never told you this was harmless. You mess with this, with the Holy Spirit, and you're going to be all revealed, okay? Not everything, y'all. Don't be afraid. It's not harmless. In the right hands, the hands of God, the Holy Spirit, it can show us both wonderful and not so wonderful truths about ourselves that are hidden from us. You know what? Nobody really knows you. No other human knows you better than you. Right? Like you, you live with you all the time. Right? You, you ever been a, not with you? Well, I took a break for me. That didn't happen. Even if you did, you're still with you. Somebody else will tell you that you're still with you, right? <laughs> Yet the Bible is saying something incredible. As long as you've been with you, you've been with you all your life, you still don't know you. Ain't that amazing? So look at how God works in the stories we see in the Bible. Sometimes the word works like Wonder Woman's truth wrote, right? It just kind of wraps around your heart and leads you and shakes you and makes you own up the things to bring it out in the forefront of your heart and mind from being hidden and buried deep. Sometimes we had no idea that we were sinners and we read the Bible, boom, there it is. Man, I had no idea that what I did was called sin. Now I'm a sinner. How did you say that? God's word. Or get this, I don't deserve to be treated this way. God's word told me that I shouldn't be treated this way just because I'm a woman, because I'm older, because I'm a conservative, because I'm a northerner or southerner or black or poor or richer. How do you know that about yourself? Because God tells us. My dad used to say, Howard, I know you better than you know you. Crud. hated when he would say that. He'd be looking at me with his eyes. I know you better than you know you, boy. <laughs> That's kind of profound, Dad. I don't know if I like being around somebody who know me better than me. And then I thought I was free of it. When I got out the house, then I got married. Crud. And now somebody is willing to admit who I really am better than I am myself, right? It works both ways, though. famous psalm of the Bible, Psalm 139, says this, God, investigate my life. Get all the facts firsthand. I am an open book to you. Even from a distance, you know what I'm thinking. You know when I leave and when I get back, I'm never out of your sight. You know everything I'm going to say before I start the first sentence. I look behind me, you're there. Then up ahead, you're there too. Your reassuring presence coming and going, this is too much. The psalmist agrees, this is too wonderful. I can't take it all. Can't take it all in. Oh, yes, you shape me first inside, then out. You form me in my mother's womb. I thank you, high God. You're breathtaking. Body and soul, I am marvelously made. I worship in adoration. What a creation. You know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made bit by bit, how I was sculpted from nothing into something. Like an open book, you watch me grow from conception to birth. All the stages of my life were spread out before you. The days of my life all prepared before you. 
before I'd even lived one day, your thoughts, how rare, how beautiful, God, I'll never comprehend them. I couldn't even begin to count your thoughts about me any more than I could count the sand of the sea. Through the Bible, God lets you know he sees you. Through the Bible, God opens your life to thoughts. Guess what? You could never know or have about yourself and put together about yourself. No one knows what it means to be human, simply human like he does. And his word is a means to a journey to get to humanity and to grow in it. What a comfort that is. Because I've seen y'all try to be yourselves. I've seen some of us try to know ourselves on our, on our own and be true to yourself and live the examined life without the examining tool of God's word and God's truth. And we do ourselves and others wrong and we sell ourselves not ahead. We always end up selling ourselves short. Some of you think I can do this better than God. And as soon as you do it, you live below the humanity that God is giving you through the scriptures. I know you think it's freer. Some of y'all think it's freer to be without all the Bible holding me down, telling I'm a sinner, telling me broken all in rules and all that. No. Don't you know, and this is just a side here, the rules you give yourself in the way you talk about and think about yourself, don't you know you are more harsh on yourself than you can handle? You're harder on what it means to be human than God is. And he actually has a powerful way out. You don't. We basically imprison who we are and how we should be and who we think we are. We imprison ourselves with our own thoughts and imaginations of what it means to be us. Look at the world. Why is everything so messed up? Why can people look at a person and deem them lower? Because they're not hearing and allowing the instruction of what a human being is and how we should live come from the Word of God into their hearts. What am I talking about? This part. It's about living God's truth. So the Scripture is about how we live for the Lord and how we get life from the Lord. If we skim over the words that are used to describe the purpose of the Word of God in our readings here, and in, in, in verse Timothy, and First Timothy, and then Second um, Timothy first, right, and then the Hebrews passage that are used to describe the purpose of the Word of God, and you have words like reproof and training and righteousness and correction and take account. And with words like this, you kind of get the big idea. The Word of God shows us, directs us, guides us, tells us how we are to live. For the Lord. What it means to be righteous and righteous meaning. Righteousness meaning what it means and what it looks like to be human the way God intended us to be. The word for correction, it means straightening. The straightening of what is crooked. When I studied this word immediately, a, a physical therapist or chiropractor came to mind. The Bible is teaching us how to more than live upright. When you just throw the word live upright, it kind of sounds judgmental and harsh, right? Correction means to finally stand 
the way God would have you to stand. To not grovel on the ground. Sub-level of what God would have you to do. But living for God means I'm living in the fullness and dignity of who God has called me to be as a human being and who he's called me to be right now in this world, in this history, in this body, in this place. That's correction. We don't go to the chiropractor and the chiropractor says, I need to give your your back a a correction. You're like, "Uh uh-uh, I don't want to be correct. Right? No, we don't say that. Another Bible verse that, 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 that you don't have written by the same person who wrote our Timothy passage, the Apostle Paul says this. It's a paraphrase again. When he, talks, when he says law here, he's talking about the Ten Commandments, the moral law of God. He says the law code had a perfectly legitimate function, right? The Bible had a perfectly legitimate function. Without its clear guidelines for right and wrong, moral behavior would mostly be guesswork. Apart from the succinct, surgical command, you shall not covet, I could have dressed covetousness up to look like a virtue and ruined my life with it. Guess what? You and I can't stop guessing, can stop guessing what we should be living up to. You can stop guessing what the standard is. You can stop guessing the standards and guidelines of our humanity. Now, humanists, the operation manual of being standard human, as much as God desires to give us in God's eyes, is right here. So guess what? Love and sex and relationships and friendship and money and work and recreation and leadership and rest and sleep right here. Be careful. No, God's word doesn't speak about all things. No info about physics or stocks or microbiology. If I need some information on why my car is broken, I'm going to call David Sparks or Lee Ayers. I'm not going to turn to the book of Leviticus. (laughs) If I turn to the book of Leviticus, I mess something up. But it does inform all things. You and I see, research, and do. So when my car breaks, guess what? I obey what God has said and look to my community to share and work together as a body and then treat the people who fix my car fairly to get my car fixed. Look at that. You a scientist, you need the word of God. Right? You, you, you doing just, you just what, crunching numbers on a spreadsheet? Ugh, couldn't imagine, right? You definitely need God's word, Right? If you don't believe me, look at the collapsed economies, right? All, all these things that happen. You know, again, y'all, I don't know how many times I can say it. I love some documentaries. When you look at these collapsed nations and all this kind of stuff, at the bottom of economic collapse, right, is a heart that has not submitted to the Word of God. Right? It, it's, it, 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 I mean, you can crunch the numbers any way you want. You can have all the resources. You can have all this, you know, we got this product. We'll, we'll, it'll never run out. The world needs this, and, and, and it's going to work out. Our economy will never fall. And it does because somebody got greedy, right? The Word of God is for us humans and sure has some nice things to say about us when it comes to living it before and for the Lord. Lord, guess what, y'all? It's exhausting and overwhelming. And all we end up doing is, it seems, warring with it and trying to water it down and 
make it easier for us when we talk about rules and regulations of the Bible. You want to think about God's word. It's like the deep tissue soul massage or root canal. Sorry, Amari, I know you had one those last week. <laughs> Will you leave knowing and feeling like something good happened? But you don't necessarily want to do it again anytime soon. Not until the soreness wears off. But here's the beauty of the Word of God. The truth of God, the Scriptures. The Scriptures not only show us how to live for God, like rules and regulations, this is wrong and this is right. You know, there's actually... Okay, I, I gotta, before I go forward, let me just say this. There's like some wrong and right, y'all. Right? Everything's not shades of gray, Right? Not the movie, the, the scripture, right? Everything's, not, not everything's shades of gray. I know y'all thinking, what's, but no, sorry. Okay, let me get out the weeds. So, like, there's some right and there's some wrong. We can stop guessing about that on a lot of stuff. Now, some stuff you got to put together, but there's a few things you got to put together to kind of figure it out, but he actually shows us how to live. But here's the problem. Like I said, it's so overwhelming. The word in Hebrews, but the word, as Hebrews says here, is a double-edged sword. Okay, let me explain what I mean. It does some necessary humbling and breaking up and breaking down, and like I said, deep tissue work, drilling and pounding in. But it also, get this, fixes and gets to the place and into the place in your heart to bring you Holy Spirit power and life. Look back at verse 16 with me in the Timothy passage um, um, here. It says this. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. God breathed again. When I read that, I'm like, thank you. That God's word is about being God-breathed and not just about God blowing us away with a bunch of rules. For y'all who know a little something about Genesis, the first book of the Bible, where it shows how we were created, what does it say about breath and breathe? That God, yes, spoke the world and everything into existence, but when it came to us, Scripture says he breathed the breath of life into the nostrils of human beings and that we became alive. Now hear me now. Not just biologically. Because everything was living that he called into existence. Birds and dogs and crats and all them people. People, all those animals running around. Right? They were alive. They were breathing. But it says when he breathed into us, we became a living soul. We were alive with oxygen, but more than that, we were alive with the spirit and presence of God. We were alive with the knowledge of God. We had a union with the life and love of God living inside of us. That was what drove everything we did and thought why we even breathe each day. The standard had a heart behind it. But when sin came into the world, we were still breathing oxygen, but the life breath, the Holy Spirit in us, united to God's life, it left, it was broken. It was cut off. 
through the word of God, the truth of God. The scriptures are the word of God. Guess what? With the life of God, y'all, the breath of God in them for us. The breath of God, uh, like an oxygen tank, right? The word of God is like an oxygen tank. They are a means. They're a method. They're a carrier of, of the life of God that you and I need to be humanly whole and healed and free again in them to begin to be what we were created to be. Fact the John passage says, what? In them you know the what? In them you will find eternal life. And that the scriptures testify about me. In these words, in these words, y'all, through these words comes eternal life. The breath life of God waking us up and giving us hope and forgiveness and peace and power to hear. Why? Because as John says, Jesus himself and his ministry is revealed and delivered to us through these words. The life, resurrection, power, and love of God happens to us through the preaching and reading and teaching of God's word. And that is where the correction and righteous Timothy talks about comes from and comes through. Now that you live right and do everything right, not that you will live right and do everything right, but that God lives in and breathes in you rightly. Through the scripture and the message of the gospel. That yes, we are sinners, broken and messed up and not correct and not right and all off and ignorant. But the scripture also comes with this life truth. Jesus came to be a savior of sinners that he got done not right so you and I could get right and get righteousness. Maybe the word of God is sometimes for some of us draining and sometimes boring and depressing because we've approached it as just a rule book. It's just another thing that points out wrong as opposed to what it really is, y'all. A means to God's life. A means to God's power. A means to God's comfort and joy and simply having God come and have relationship with us where we can hear him talking and speaking to us. What Jesus used to save us from being ignorant of and separated, guess what? From God's life and love for us. This Bible is more like the letters Kelly and I wrote back and forth than a textbook of what's right and wrong. Because in each letter, maybe I can see this is what she don't like. This is what she does like. It was about building a relationship that would save and become something greater. It frees us to hear it and do its work. So go get it. Go get into it. By all means, right? Yeah, use your little iPhone. Go ahead. Plug that thing up to the radio and let the word talk. Sometimes I go through a season where I just do that Bible on the, um, that Bible app and the thing talk to you while you're driving. I like the drama to the eyes. I can't even say the word. Lord, I shouldn't have tried. Sometimes you see the word before you say it. I'm like, I better not say that word. I'm not going to make it through. Anyway. Timothy, my dear brother, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yes, I love that, right? And, you know, they got the different actors doing the voices. I love that stuff. But sometimes, y'all, if you don't have time to sit down and actually read it or the word's too small, listen to it. 
some of y'all, y'all don't even come close to a Bible in a week. Why would you deny yourself the grace and breath, life, and power of God? Why would you guess at living when guessing at living is so dangerous for your soul? You don't need to guess. Let's all stop guessing. I guess all the time. I need to stop guessing so much too. Man, I love to think and kind of come up with stuff. God says, relax, man. I did the thinking and writing and word for you. So you then can think right. We got Bible studies, men, Bible studies, women, Bible studies, community groups, community groups. You know, I know y'all want to do fellowship, but please, by all means, just say one verse. Right? One verse, something. Be like, you know, all right, y'all. We're not going to just tell our stories this week. We're going to actually hear God's story. I understand. We're going to hear everybody's story. We're going to cry. I understand testimonies. The Bible, guess what? The Bible says share your testimony. There you go. How did you know that? Not because your community group leader is so nice. Because the Bible says you need to do it. Wouldn't it be nice to know the Bible says you need to do it? Why do we even do community group? What are we doing here? Man, is it because the, I can bring a, a bag of chips and everybody brings more and I can eat up? No. It says here. Did you know the Bible says don't forsake the assembly and getting together with one another? Did you know the Bible says share your sins with one another, confess your sins? It came from here. It wasn't a bright idea. That came from us. It was God's life for us and a life we should be living together. When we planted Christ Central, we knew this had to be a central part. You know, when we, we, I've seen a lot of mission statements and I'm not trying to criticize any other churches, and I remember reading these books, and they said, we do this, and we do this, and we do fellowship, and we reach the community, and there would be no statement about God's truth. We will not abandon that, because if we abandon that, we'll start guessing what God wants, and we guess what God wants, it will destroy your lives. Let me pray for us. Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you. For your body of Christ, who's given us so many different ways to get it and grow in it. Please be with us. Thank you for being with us in the word. Let this um, hearing God's truth through the scripture shape our church. Let it be part of the discipleship process at Christ Central. Let people know they can't be disciples without the word of God. Let us not abandon it for more convenient imaginations and thoughts. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.